I'm Fathery. This is Dave. I'm Aaron. I'm Rachel. And this is Text Trek. Engage. Welcome back aboard the Starship Texas for the 221st installment of the Text Trek podcast, the home of Star Trek fandom from deep in the heart of Texas, where we take a deep look at Star Trek, old and new, and tonight we are talking about Star Trek Prodigy Season 1, Episode 18, Mindwalk, written by Julie Benson and Shauna Benson and directed by Sung Shen. Uh, before we get into that, just a little bit of quick housekeeping for usual, I want to give a Big thank you shout out to all of our supporters over on Patreon. That's going to be Starfleet Boy, Kick is Eternal, Gay Clevin Lundstrom, Crazy Dutchy, Joanne Robertson, Quarksbar, John Dawes, Sci-Fi Haven, and our anonymous supporters. Thank all of you so much. We really appreciate the support. And that means that we're going to be doing another one of our monthly watch-alongs that we do with the patrons over on the Discord server on January 14th. Uh, Dave, do you remember what we're what we're watching? Uh, is it the, the follow-up to, uh, Moriarty's one, whose name I don't remember? Yes, yes, so the follow-up episode to Elementary My Dear Data, it is, uh, Ship in a Bottle. Yep, that one. <laughs> the, the next chapter in the Moriarty saga, right before his return in Picard Season 3, premiering February 16th. The, the finale to the trilogy. Yeah, yeah. So, that they were uh, planning it, back in the, back in the early 90s, I believe. <laughs> the, this whole, like, modern-day Star Trek revival, you know, like, Discovery, Strange New Worlds, Short Treks, all of that. That was just to get us to Picard Season 3 for the, the return of Moriarty. <laughs> That's how manipulative he is. He is a big-picture guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. He <laughs> runs the long game. It's like, we, we thought that he was done, but it's like, <laughs> somehow Moriarty has returned. <laughs> I love that the long game was for like the Moriarty like two off character, not like for unification. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's gonna be fun. Uh, So if if you want to watch that with us, you can sign up on the Patreon, and you can come in as little as two bucks per month. Or if you want to be more generous, we have some higher tiers and some additional perks as well. But uh, you know, if you can't if you can't help us out that way, uh, you can always rate the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast or subscribe to the YouTube channel, which I am very happy to announce that we, we hit our goal of 1000 subscribers before the end of 2022 with, with weeks to spare, we pulled it off. So thank everyone. You know what that that. means? (laughs) We're going to party with a certain tune. (laughs) Yes. So I've, I have promised Mm -hmm. to, to sing my least favorite song of all time. Star Trek enterprises, faith of the heart. That a lot of people seem to somehow unironically love. But, uh, <laughs> Fathery, I, uh, I know that you'd prefer that we sing the uh, Alamorain song from DS9. I would uh, much rather prefer. I actually was talking about that last night. I said that would, would be a much better song. 
I had, a, I had a friend watch that recently, and it like nearly it nearly killed him. <laughs> that episode. I I like you like it. A different podcast I know recently watched that episode, and I enjoy it. And I was like, I'm listening to them lose their goddamn minds. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. I was like, what does it say about me that I'm like, I'm here for the silly, goofy time? Uh, Trek should be able to be silly, I think. Father, when you when you cover Faith of the Heart, it's going to be like old Trek uh, where Kirk gets tortured and like flails around and ah, it's going to be like that for people or, or you at least. Definitely. For me. I, I, I reread the lyrics a couple of nights ago just to make sure I remembered them and no I was one's like, gonna bend wow, this you. is actually just like an ungodly, terribly written song. Like it, it's just, it's unfathomable. It's like an accomplishment, honestly. That, that such it's a, a leftover <laughs> end song from Patch Adams. It's not even the right decade when they has like. At least you, you can't think back and go, oh, it's like it's, it's so early two thousands. No, it's like from nineteen ninety something. Yeah. So, Valerie, before you sing it, I want to make a. I'm, I'm going to make my formal defense of it, but I'll, I'll wait for the. For that well, I don't know if we're going to sing it. I don't. I don't know if we're going to do that tonight. <laughs> that it will come soon, and the. Weeks oh yeah, come, no, I, I meant like whenever, it whenever it happens. I didn't, I didn't expect <laughs> it to happen tonight. I know we had oh, yeah. a brace for it. <laughs> but but stay tuned and and uh, and keep subscribing. We uh, we want to go uh, onwards yeah. and upwards. Uh, yeah. So. But yeah, thank you everybody. That was that's super cool. Yeah, thank you very much. So it is much appreciated. All those bots that we created to. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't there like some news? Did something happen this week? I felt like I was going to announce something. Just just talk about something that was announced. I don't know. Um, Star Trek related? Yeah. Just in general. The only thing I could think of was the Emmys, but I feel like we talked about that. that. Oh, thank you, Rachel. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, the show we're talking about, Star Trek Prodigy, uh, it was nominated for multiple Emmy award categories. They won production design. So that was a, a cool accomplishment. I, I think just getting nominated in your first season is pretty cool. But For to sure. be uh, nominated and, and actually, you know, win one of them with only one season, that's that's a hell of an accomplishment. It's like the first time and also the first time this award ceremony is even happening. Right. Because this was the, uh, the what was it, the, the children's. And, oh, yeah. It's the very first one. Young audience. Or whatever. I can't remember what they call or children and family or some, something like that. But yeah. And then LeVar Burton was honored, right? Yes, yes. LeVar Burton won the Lifetime Achievement Award, even though Lawrence uh, Fishburne uh, botched the introduction, said uh, that uh, the famous LeVar Burton, who played Gordy LaForge on Star Trek no. Next Generation. No! No! You know, Lawrence Fishburne clearly didn't watch TNG because he was too busy playing Cowboy Curtis on, on Pee-wee's Playhouse that, you know, he missed he missed that show, unfortunately, back in the 80s. So You know, I've heard way worse mispronunciations <laughs> yeah. of names at award shows. So I was like, I at least see how you got there. Yeah, sure, that's, sure. A, that's easy. We'll, we'll give a you a pass, Morpheus. Yeah. Look, as someone who's a major musical theater fan, the Adele Dazeem watching that happen live <laughs> was, was say, the most insane thing. I that, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was epic tier. <laughs> I just remember, I was like, that's not even close to her name. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about this episode, Mind Walk. Uh, kind of a cool title. Yeah. Uh, just to recap it, I'm going to read the official synopsis and then kind of expand on that with spoilers. But the official synopsis reads, Desperate to warn Starfleet of their dilemma, a daring experiment goes awry as Dow inadvertently swaps minds with a Starfleet vice admiral. Again, these synopses don't like to name drop Admiral. They're just always like some Starfleet vice admiral. So. Is it written by like an intern who just doesn't know the show? 
He's like, I don't want to confuse people by dropping the name Janeway. If it, he just knows like Kirk and Picard, and that's. I don't it. know if like they wrote these a long time ago, and they didn't want to like type out the name Janeway because they didn't want it to like leak that the real Admiral Janeway was going to be in the show or something. <laughs> that, but that would be my. Guess, and they just never went back really... and updated them. It's a so weird really omission. Yeah. Sure, maybe. Anyway. I'm... <laughs> Maybe also wondering if the season wasn't supposed to be as elongated as it ended up being. Mm. So they thought that this would be like coming out much sooner to the reveal of like that she was on the show. Yeah. Is there ever some possibility that like, like that the like, Dauntless was going to be this like scary ship and you never knew who was commanding it until near the end of the season. Huh. And you're like, Oh my God, it's real Janeway flesh Janeway. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't think that was the case. I think they just no. Th- they just didn't want to. I, th- I think they. I think they were released to the press a while ago. Yeah, I guess. And they didn't want to put her name yet. <laughs> so, Father so we've we we we've got that basic synopsis. Uh, do we have some spoiler synopsis? Synopses. Yeah. So we get a freaky Friday switcheroo between <laughs> Dal and Janeway, and uh, Dal's trying to get back to the the protostar, and Janeway's trying to get back to the Dauntless and get their their minds and the right bodies. So uh, yeah, kind of a kind of an interesting choice to go uh, in that direction. Uh, but I, Janeway I, amok. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Was, if you looked at Hollow Janeway and Meet Janeway, I was like, Hollow Janeway meets Meet Janeway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just go ahead and give my opening statement on this one, and then ask y'all what y'all think. But yeah, so that that was impressive to me that they would right when the stakes are so high, you know, about to go into the the season finale, they would switch gears and do something so comedic uh, my, my only complaint is like the freaky friday thing was just done like six months ago but they, i mean they had no idea like these episodes are going to air so close to each other so I, I don't i don't know how often they'll like i'll i will actually like rewatch them anytime soon because i'm always rewatching star trek but i normally like go and like some like show by show order i'm not gonna go like let's watch all the star trek that came out in 2022 so so that's fine give them a pass on that but yeah i was and you're of course talking about the strange new worlds episode yes yes spock amok yeah. that that aaron was was referencing but mm-hmm. but i laughed out loud so much watching this it was a, it was a lot of fun just because kate mulgrew stole the show in this so much that it just instantly became one of my favorite things that she's ever done ever that i've seen it made me think I haven't seen a ton of like Kate Mulgrew outside of Star Trek, so I really only know her from like Voyager and like a guest appearance on Cheers and Prodigy. But out of all of that, like this is my this is one of my favorite things, like favorite episodes or, or scenes or anything. Has she had much chance to do comedy in in that? Not really. Uh, I think that might be a kind of unique thing too. She's very funny in Orange Is the New Black. No, that like, yeah, that's true. That show is that show is more dramedy than like straight comedy. Sure. But character gets a lot of comedic parts but also this made me think i was like oh i need to see more janeway comedy bits because i yeah. also was just like laughing my ass off. They, they've opened the door for it yeah and i i can't give her enough credit but i also want to make sure that there's plenty of credit to go around to both the animators and you know they, they did a great job animating mm-hmm. jay just like the physical comedy was top notch but also the writers there were so many like memorable lines that, that came from her playing dal playing her or playing Janeway, you know, it's Kate Mulgrew playing Dal playing Janeway. And yeah, they, they, they really just had me laughing this entire time. I try to like keep track whenever like I laugh out loud at something, but like there was just, there was just like too many in here that I can't point them all out. So, so a really fun and a really clever way to get the information across to Admiral Janeway of like, Hey, the protostar kids are running from you because of this living construct. And this is incredibly dangerous weapon that jeopardizes the entire Federation. You know, at some point there was going to have to be that conversation to catch her up to this information that the audience already mm-hmm. knows. And when that happens in in movies and shows and stuff, sometimes those scenes can be 
hard to pull off. You know, if the, the it, they can be frustrating. The audience already has this information. They're having to listen to it be explained to someone else. And, you know, you normally get like that, like, I can't believe it. Or you get like that. Let me get this straight. I don't know. I just I feel like we've seen that so many times that, yeah, I, I really applaud the uh, unique way of handling that. So uh, this was a, a very entertaining and we get the kids into deep federation space now they're they're basically like looks like they're facing off against all of starfleet in that final scene yeah they'll presumably die within the first five minutes of the next episode (laughs) 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 i'm really eager to get into this two-part finale starting next week but uh but dave what about you what do you think about it i felt that there were more people looking out uh windows of starships at other people looking out of windows in starships than in any other star trek episode (laughs) No, uh, I was a pretty big fan of this episode. It's uh, mind swap stories are, you know, Star Trek's got its own versions of them. And, 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 you know, everybody knows the kind of basic fish out of water format. So it's it's basically a question of whether they can pull it off. And I thought they did with a good mixture of comedy and, and, and a bit of drama. Uh, as, as the genre, the subgenre, I guess, tends to facilitate. You you mentioned them getting on the same page. That was one of I, I thought that was very artfully done. Um, they could have actually had Dahl um, reach out and and just like you know they they exchange the information and it happens exactly as they intended to. Uh, instead, yeah, yeah, you're right. They threw a curveball. They threw some comedy, but also they, you know, they they used it as an opportunity to catch up in an interesting way. You know, they we they find out a bunch of stuff very rapidly. They, there's no, never a point where I'm like, get on with it, get on with it. it. You know, it reminded me of like there's basically a lot of Shakespearean plays where there's a lot of confusion, questions over identity or motivations. This is the this is the next maybe very close to the last act when almost everything has been revealed and it's just a question of exactly how it will all play out. For me, uh, some of the comedy was a little over the top. Dal as Janeway was a little silly for me. So I was a person who actually liked the drama a little bit better in this episode. I loved Janeway meeting Janeway. This that was kind of the highlight for me in the episode and in general Janeway's presence on board the ship. You know, Rock Talk giving her a hug. Come on, that was great. Th- she she's been a little overzealous in some past episodes where you know she was she was like cripple them right and and so i loved seeing you know and i think that was really just heightened drama it wasn't meant to be some very meaningful deep insight into janeway's you know dark streaker i don't even think it was overzealous i think that was appropriate it seemed a little overzealous like, to pop me. the tires on their car so they stopped fleeing like uh, she, she seemed a little, a little bit like Picard chasing his white whale of the Borg. No, not, not nowhere near as intense. All right, all right. Well, I didn't. Say, I said a little bit like. I didn't say it was an exact analog, Father. Anyway, my broader point, my broader point here is that this is the Janeway, you know, of of, of her at her peak. She's smart. She's uh, resourceful. She's empathetic. Uh, she's, all of that stuff really came to the fore. A prediction I had made, uh, just kind of based on sort of some little behavioral quirks that the diviner would show, you know, start to showcase this side that's not as dark as, you know, it's, as we had seen uh, before, we'd presumed he was like pretty much completely bad person early on. Uh, now I feel like, um, what is it? The, the vindicator, uh, may be the hardliner and he's going to end up having, possible even change of heart or at least something like that i was very very happy to see that coming out 
And of course, um, I love the call out to Voyager's uh, best episode with the salamanders. <laughs> so so for me, this this was a winner episode, even if a little bit of the comedy was a bit over the top for me. <laughs> cool. Uh, Aaron, what about you? Yeah, no, I, I feel much the same way. There was uh, one thing I thought about Dal, like, you know, he could have pretended to be hollow Janeway. That would have been a little bit closer to the to Janeway than he was kind of getting. But I think I would be really you know out of my depth if i suddenly found myself in somebody else's body so i think that definitely the 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 stress of that probably caused him to be a little bit more over the top than he normally would be but uh yeah no i i i loved all the physical comedy i love the idea of just seeing janeway out on the window crawling like a bug across it. Just like <laughs> all the little things that they would have in the background happening the stuff that wasn't even happening at front and just I think one of my favorite parts is like uh it's like you know admiral you wanted to see me it's like What's your name again? Essencia. <laughs> Ensign Essencia. Which is the way she said it so deadpan. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, that had so. to be very nerve-wracking for Essencia. Uh, yeah, I was, yeah. Rather I was for, sorry for, for her. The Vindicator. But, <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, yes. it's like, she's just a villain just trying to villain. And yeah. it's just like, what? why is this Admiral going insane right now? <laughs> and just when you knew that the coffee is what was going to get her. Like, oh, God, she's spitting the coffee out. She's not Janeway. <laughs> it's just like. I, for a moment, she, I was like, I was wondering, I was like, do they think? Is she thinking like, like, what did he do to her when he knocked her out? That's why it's like, I would think that like somehow I caused some sort of brain damage or yeah. something, like you hit her too hard. But yeah, no, I just I, I think that the comedy was great. It wasn't you know the most deep episode in the world, but I loved like you said, Hollow Janeway and Janeway mm-hmm. talking. Uh, we get uh, the can- canonicity of her sister now. I think it was from like one, uh, a book from forever ago, like from mm-hmm. the first yeah. Voyager novel, Steep. CB, CG, but I can't remember her name. Um, Phoebe. 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 I'm, I'm not sure where yes. she's originated. Phoebe she's Janeway. In the, in the autobiography of F. Yeah, she's mentioned she, in, in a few books. Way, uh, novels from Jerry Taylor. Mm-hmm. Like, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back, but yeah. So just it was, that kind of stuff was really nice. And there was it really felt like you were seeing two different characters talking to each other. That They did that really well. And mm-hmm. you also did notice that Jane, Hollow Janeway is slightly taller than regular Janeway if they're showing them because they had mentioned that that the, that they made her a couple inches taller just the way that she programmed uh what's his face in haven <laughs> oh, wow. or fair haven yeah so two thumbs up rachel what do you think about it yeah i love this episode um i thought it was so funny and i uh was surprised how well the scene between hollow janeway and i'm just gonna say real janeway because i can't i can't <laughs> partake in me janeway <laughs> IRL Janeway, if you will. I really like the move to be like, hey, for this serious moment, let's have her be seen as Janeway. I think that was the right move. But it's like, honestly, I was like, can we give, can we get Kate Mulgrew on Lower Decks? Because if this is another comedy bit, it's like... Mm. Yeah. It's an interesting notion. I wondered if they put her voice up just a slightly bit, like if they pitched it up just when she was playing Dal. Because her voice seemed slightly younger, even more so than I think she might be capable of making it her age. That's interesting. They might have done a little bit. I I, I thought that Dal's voice actor, I, f- I forget the name of him, was doing Brett a really Gray. amazing job Brett as Gray. well mm-hmm. uh, yeah. with her mannerisms and everything. And I did wonder, I was like, is, is there just the hint of an overlay, uh, like, you know, a little vocal mixing uh, of, you know, Kate Mulgrew to, to give it a little bit of a little extra mm-hmm. authenticity? Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I really doubt that. I think what they did instead was they probably had Kate Mulgrew read the lines like the way she would play it first and then Brett Gray do his version of that. I always yeah. assume yeah. that they do something like yeah. that when, when they do these kind of things. And, and 
I've seen it done really well a number of times. Well, Kate Mulgrew even has played like the doctor before when she had like the one the doctor was was actually had the hologram oh, yeah. that made him look like her. So <laughs> she has kind of done that before. I know, but you were saying about having the like the actor they're pretending to be say their lines and then have them like uh, mimic that. I know they do that on like The Good Place. They they do that uh, pretty much any like body swap story ever. The the uh... when everybody was Janet. <laughs> yeah, like I've I've listened to like a bunch of a uh, of DVD commentaries and they're always like, oh yeah, the body swap episode. Remember when I had to play these scenes and then like, you copied what I did. So so yeah, it's, it's, but it's an effective yeah. technique. It it works. You know, actors that. Especially if they're used to working together, they probably can pick up on each other's mannerisms and techniques and stuff. So mm-hmm. it, it it really does pay off. But but yeah, not not to not to undermine how how well they they did it here because I thought and we we've talked so much about Kate Mulgrew. Brett Gray also did a great job. Uh, the mm-hmm. thing is, like his his scenes weren't funny because you know he's he's not pretending. Uh, he he can actually like just be Janeway, <laughs> and yeah. in front of those characters on the Proto Star because Proto Star people know what's up. The Dauntless people don't know what's up, so that's where all your your comedy comes from. Hello, Starfleet person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I just want to say that to people like at a convention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's so many like great little quotable moments. Uh, let, let's just get into the episode breakdown, starting off at the beginning with uh you know after after last week's ending it's like oh wow we're right in front of the dauntless hollow janeway doesn't trust herself and just deactivates and and so they're they're <laughs> yeah. stuck looking looking out their their massive bridge window at dr noam who's looking down at them i yeah i love murph <laughs> i'm gonna yeah. make a face oh uh, yeah yeah i like i like murph's, murph's, murph's mischievous uh, and then I like Noam's reaction, where he's like, "What the, the ship we're chasing is like so close, like I can actually see the people's faces, like they're right here." Go get the admiral, and then Janeway Janeway's knocked out in the closet with Dreadnought. Like I think we should just toss her out an airlock. <laughs> oh man, I, I thought that I actually Dreadnought almost got the line of the show for me there. I always I tend to like the some of those, and I I, I also loved a bunch of Jankum Pog's smartass remarks in this one. Oh yes, he got yeah, he had, great he had a good one here. The the one responding to the classic Trek techno babble. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. When when Rock Talk said, "Oh, we can just use the deflector dish like in every other Star Trek show, and you know, do something it was, with tachyons. It was like remodulate Tachy- yeah. tachyon yeah. pulse to communicate, and it's like starting. He's like, "Oh yeah, Jankapog knows how to do that." Beep boop boop. I don't know what I'm doing. Like I don't. <laughs> you know what I, I noticed? Know do that. Right after he did that, um, Rock Rock Talk is like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, that was so sad." Just, but I like I like Star Trek acknowledging like, um, "Yeah, that would be weak writing if we did this." So you should like our other yeah. choices more. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the beep boop boop. Yeah, yeah, that was great. <laughs> they actually planted the seed for Dow having some latent telepathic abilities. Because they had him when he got like his uh, genetic boost in the neutral zone, he was able to read Okana's mind. Mm-hmm. So I liked that they. I was like, oh yeah, this didn't feel like as convenient or out of the blue as it would yeah. have if they hadn't hadn't have uh, teased it previously. So I liked that. I'm like trying to remember, but I feel like very early on in the series, like maybe even the first episode, they kind of had this thing. I was like, oh, it kind of like Dal's like more um, perspective, like per. Uh, perceptive than you think he should be mm. and i wonder if like that's supposed to be telepathic intuition he's, it's like yeah. latent telepathic abilities if he doesn't realize he and zero have always kind of had like a stronger connection because you know like there's even mm-hmm. even oh i guess it was the first episode or maybe you would count it as the second episode because they kind of combined it in like the episode one and two but 
Yeah, that's why I can't remember what exactly episode I'm, like, thinking of when they say that about Dahl. There's that moment where he's making, like, those weird faces trying to get Zero to read his mind. And Zero's like, mm-hmm. I'm ig- ignoring him because he has a terrible idea and I don't want to acknowledge it. But it, it was almost like <laughs> like Dahl was able to kind of, like, push his thoughts, like, towards Zero, even though Zero is trying to ig- ignore him. So, yeah, I, I think I think they were mm-hmm. kind of planning on... on doing something with him and telepathy but yeah the, you know the, this was a cool plan if it would have worked like yeah we can just you know send a telepathic email basically just to get all this mm-hmm. information across and then they accidentally by that time when, when they got to that fathery the dauntless had already done the the warp bubble around them right well yeah the, the, they merged so, their yeah. their warp yeah. bubbles because i was thinking that uh just my immediate memory was that there's not too many times that we've seen I guess in in warp fighting to me I there or interaction like that until uh, is it is it Star Trek into Darkness that had some pew pew stuff like that yeah but it it, it has happened it, it was it was fairly typical in Vermin era Star Trek people would cool. be like in hot pursuits and and still shooting you just saw one in a uh, in DS nine not too long ago with the uh, the Centaur class which makes a uh, return in this episode I don't remember it. When they're in the Jemadar ship, getting shot at. Well, I, I I know the idea of, like, extending shields and stuff like that. I feel like I, I don't quite remember the warp bubble thing. Well, no, they didn't do a warp bubble thing, but they were they were shooting at each other in, in warp, which I thought oh, was okay. Yeah, asking. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to list the warp bubble times, but it's just like, wait, we're going to do it in a Gornag somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was very, very thrilled when I realized why this episode was called Mindwalk. Because you know, I saw that title. I was like, oh, that's an interesting title. I wonder what the hell that could possibly mean. Probably something with Zero being the telepathic Medusan, but I don't know. We'll see. And yeah. then here when they do like the actual, like when, when Dal wakes up as Janeway, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be great. And then it turned out to be even better than I thought. <laughs> we're all laughing for for people listening to this as a podcast uh we're all laughing at the image i believe of uh, of janeway uh waking up what what, that is to say with uh dal's dal's mind in her mind (laughs) dal waking up as janeway Janeway, i should say yeah and and the the very great physical mannerisms of dal who's very very expressive right you know he's like he's shooting finger guns he's you know uh walking awkwardly as hell like you know like somebody trying on high heels for the first time (laughs) even though she's not even in high heels but yes the the awkwardness of walking around of trying to pilot her body and and had absolutely no uh, ability to suppress his own physicality <laughs> but I, I think that was actually a bit realistic because i think if you did yeah. swap bodies i mean who knows how it would actually work it's never been done she's, as she's a far lot as taller I know, than but he is yeah I, right. I think it would probably be like wow my brain is having to like readjust to this different oh, definitely different shape like, and size body like when she turns the corner you can kind of see that sort of like <laughs> the rest of my yeah. body isn't quite following right with me like, you know, like, i only know how to walk in feet exactly my size <laughs> right right with legs exactly my length of legs like yeah. they do it both for both people because janeway as dal kind of has a hard time keeping that head tail thing to you know stay in place mm-hmm. but yeah, just I, hitting it. <laughs> yeah janeway's just like a, a calmer more collective honestly like smarter person so like yeah. she definitely handles it better than than dal does he's probably a this bit is more arguably panicky. not her first body swap rodeo she has <laughs> been a salamander yeah it's gonna be like i feel like she might have been body swapped before yeah. not not in voyager if not body swap there had to have been something like that some entity took her over yeah. some yeah. sort you know it just it had to have happened <laughs> even if it didn't even if it wasn't on the episodes we saw 
It feels like that's that's just a standard uh, Starfleet voyage. She was like transformed into a Borg. That's weird to walk around with all that yeah. stuff on. <laughs> she was a queen of the spider people. <laughs> sure. Even though Rock Talk was maybe uh, overextending with a very kind of Geordi-esque solution, you know, involving tachyon particles and stuff. Uh, I did like how quickly they did come up with kind of as a team a, oh, well, Zero, maybe you could do a telepathic thing. Oh, it's not going to work without a hive mind back me. Oh, maybe we could do this. Uh, maybe Dal's latent stuff. Maybe we can, you know, <laughs> they yeah. very quickly hatched a plan in a kind of a true Starfleet fashion. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I felt organic. It felt like okay, these are these are smart kids. If they're brainstorming, what would they come up with? Yeah. Part of what I think made it s such a convincing performance from Kate Mulgrew is that I, I know she's a parent. I know she has like at least one son. She might have mm -hmm. more, but like I've, I've heard her mention like her son before. I, I think he was probably like Dal's age when she was doing Voyager back in the nineties. So she probably like really knew how to play a teenage boy after you know living with at least one unless she had she had more so i think that like a lot of these my kid was a little spaz is is, is the, what i'm getting there <laughs> well i th i think a lot of these uh, like vocal inflections and stuff like like little things I, they felt like very like realistic and true sure. just when when mm -hmm. dal is kind of panicked and you know his first instinct is to like call out to to zero and he, he's just like z are you there and stuff i, I don't know it felt like okay yeah, this is like a, a teenager talking to his friend or something yeah yeah, it was really, really impressive. It just, it just made me think, like, wow, like Kate Mulgrew has a wide range. I really want to see her do more stuff like this on on this show in Star Trek. Because let's be honest, like I, I mainly watch Star Trek. I probably won't see it if she's doing it somewhere else. <laughs> but well, she's she's had like funny long. I mean, she's she you see her delivery. Like the, I was watching one where she's in the shuttlecraft with a doctor and he's playing opera and she walks up and he's just like, oh, did I wake you up? And she's like. 15 minutes of sleep is really all I need. You know, just like the, just the, her mannerisms and, and, and eye rolls and all sorts of stuff are always been really expressive mm -hmm. and funny. No, it's funny because uh, there's a reason we all repeat, like, delete the wife. is that her, <laughs> like, her delivery of it is perfect. Yeah. Yeah, she did comedy yeah. in Voyager, but it was always kind of like, like, it was very consistent. It was always, it's always yeah. like, you know, I'm the boss, I'm the captain. You know, I, I yeah. had kind of like that, like, a bit of like fun sassiness to it. Yeah, it was like more wiry and not like outright. I'm gonna be able to play with the fact that I'm very funny. Yeah, yeah. I would I would actually like to hear Kate Mulgrew talk about this episode. Do they do ready room episodes? No, they don't. For they for like they this. do uh, like a they do like one or two a season. Okay. The I, I I wish they uh, like I I hope this ends up covered somewhere or maybe at least talked about somewhere where you know even if it's only at a convention where I can you know see mm -hmm. a video of it because yeah I'd, or I'd go, love to go hear to the con and ask her yeah go to a con where she's doing like a Q and A panel and like ask her no I'm I'm too I can't talk to Janeway <laughs> <laughs> although and I like this I've I've heard at the Prodigy panels they like prioritize getting kids up there to ask questions they do. which I totally agree with yeah like I totally get that. But I was so like, buy off a kid to, to, <laughs> a kid to like, ask her about it. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll give him a little prepared uh, prepared long form question. <laughs> yeah, but the, the like the the line, the hello Starfleet person, thank you for your service during Red Alert. Like just like delivering that. Like yeah, it really felt like she was just making it up as she was going along. Did she do, she's like like she's doing like a like a class like a traditional military salute there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that you like Tysus like beams her straight to the bridge, and then she starts acting weird on the bridge. 
It's just all that little stuff like uh, calling him antennas, like, yo, antennas, you're in charge, or, you know, teamwork <laughs> makes the dream work. Or just... Dream work. Yeah. I found that so funny because I say that all the time. <laughs> teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> yeah. If I was acting weird like this, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure someone would come up to me and be like, "I'm ordering you to drink this coffee because I'm I I, I consume <laughs> yeah. an insane amount of of coffee daily to the point where like, oh, I'm, am I gonna like destroy my uh my my kidneys or my bladder or something like by putting all this coffee through my my system every day?" But I also I love that the coffee cup still looks like the Voyager one that he's holding, uh, or the Enterprise because ones because they use that propaganda on Enterprise uh. even though it was 200 years earlier. Oh, there were some badass coffee cups because they lasted for centuries. <laughs> they they discovered the perfect coffee cup and just kept making that one. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm like Dal. I I don't like the taste of coffee. Yeah, I'm not a big coffee guy. I would like if someone gave me black coffee, I would spit it out. This is like yeah, the uh, this is like the blood test in the thing, but a little bit uh, a little bit less creepy. <laughs> it's just to see if you do a spit take. I've heard some people say that they felt like it took the characters too long to figure it out that like it wasn't really her, but I feel like they they kind of caught on pretty quick. Pretty like, quick, like yeah, almost immediately. Well, like I... the doctor is scanning her brain and and. I don't think their immediate conclusion is it's not her. It's that. One of the like weir- other weird million Star Trek things happened to her. Right, and arguably <laughs> and the they're like, let's let's game way. this out a little bit. Let's let's watch for a few minutes and see what reveals yeah. itself. I, I you know I guess I would have liked to have seen a little bit of one of them like give a sort of knowing look to the other or say like mm-hmm. something's off. Let's see what. And I assume Essentia thought that she got knocked in her head or something <laughs> when they had her in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, again, I, I had a strange and un- unexpected empathy for the villain there, just for <laughs> yeah. like, oh, you're in a precarious spot and you have no idea what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was. I, I felt that exact same thing. It's really weird, but yeah. That was and, a... you know, it's like you kind of like, uh, sometimes I'll watch a uh, scheme of pretty bad people in a movie, and I kind of want it to come off just because, well, that's what's driving the action of the movie. Mm. They're being, they so hard. They're being a good yeah. villain. Yeah, they're like doing good at what they're yeah. supposed to do. Like, you're ruining the scene. <laughs> Yeah. That like, kind going of on? <laughs> humor is like kind of my favorite thing where it's just like insane things are happening and the audience knows what's happening and just the characters being like what the hell like, <laughs> yeah and to me like that adds a degree of realism to it because i think i think a lot of audiences forget like these characters don't know they're in a tv show like just because sure. things seem mm-hmm. obvious to you doesn't mean like it's obvious to them and a lot of it uh, yeah a lot of it in real life it just would be people making weird faces like oh my god i am very confused and i i need to figure out what's going on but right now i have no idea like i to, to me like that comes off as is more real life mm-hmm. i don't know do you have anything else on the uh dal pretending to be janeway before we talk about janeway being in dal's body i did love when she slipped on the chair or she was like <laughs> <laughs> perfectly poised and then just went Freak! Yeah. yeah, I used to, yeah. I because at first second I was like I was like he came and knocked on the chair and I was like oh he's used to having a tail. Oh like, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Or I guess it comes out of his head. I'm not yeah. positive what that thing is. Yeah, it's just a, a head <laughs> tail thing that yeah. he can control, which is a bit creepy visually, but I don't know, kind of kind of <laughs> reminds you that he's more alien. Yeah, I assume that that probably helps him with balance, and so he's not used to not having it. Oh. Yeah, but it's just more that, like, not used to this new body, which a lot of body swap mm-hmm. stuff, they don't... I get it. Like, they don't want to, like, slow down the story to, like, you know, waste yeah. time showing that. And it's also... I feel like this kind of uh, slapstick humor 
it is like works better in animation than it does in live action. Sure. It's almost like they could have taken a visual model that they had animated to walk with his particular awkwardness or to have his mm -hmm. expressions and they just, you know, mapped the, you know, the that onto mm. the face of <laughs> of, of Jane. That would be interesting to yeah. see if that is how they did it. Huh. Yeah, that, that, this would be again it'd be a fun episode to hear the behind the scenes uh special effects wise, to hear the voice actors how they handled it. Um to see the writers talking about doing physical comedy, like there's there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. Yeah, I would love to see Kate Mulgrew recreate one of these scenes in in real life. Oh man, <laughs> I um I I just remembered when she just appears on the view screen, like just like close up, and they're like, "Why is she outside?" <laughs> Let's talk about uh, Admir Dow. <laughs> Admir Dow, as Rock Talk names her, but Janeway in Dow's body, uh, mm -hmm. Zero is unable to switch them back. Uh, and the but the, the you know the the good thing is this does allow them the opportunity to explain what's going on. I just love the idea of them being like, okay, it's weird that you're here, but while you're here, <laughs> yeah, to talk, yeah, yeah, like while while you're here, let's tell you all about this living construct and get you uh, get you caught up to where we are and where the audience is. Uh, but you know, more importantly, the another big thing of consequence that came out of this episode was the repairs of Hollow Janeway, where all right. of the. Mm -hmm. The Vana caught influence that's been, you know, cor that's corrupted her programming. Like, all of that's been removed because Admiral Janeway. And, and uh, it's another example like this show. Like, you know, it only takes like a few seconds to have like clarification with your audience. It's like explain exactly what's going on. Like, yes, because she's a non-essential system in the ship. They don't have control of the ship, but they have control of the non-essential system. So uh, because Admiral Janeway has like Admiral level clearance or whatever, she can go in there and like she basically like she has like admin privileges she can like go in yeah. and like yeah. change the settings and whatever and is able to get uh, all of the all of hollow Janeway's memories you know everything that happened to Chakotay all of that uh, all of that is restored yeah and now she's and, and that's like if anything i guess it's it's heightened maybe the anxiousness surrounding him it's like okay we know what occurred we don't know if he's alive though yeah. So. Yeah. I'm guessing he is. I don't think that. No, he's as dead as those kids will be at the beginning of the next episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, perhaps we'll find out. I get like even if this wasn't a kid show, I would, like I'd be like they did not bring him back just for like those two scenes. Although it'd be a great shock. <laughs> I I could see Robert Beltran. You know, he he wanted Chakotay to die when he was on Voyager, right? Like he kept mm. like he's like just kill my character and let me like not be on the show anymore. He, you know, I guess he's always bitter that they didn't give his character more to do or whatever. So that was his that was kind of his his joke. He didn't seem to ever enjoy being that character. <laughs> he's finally getting more to do. That's not you know kind of racist Native American. I think stuff. he I think he would so... come back to die. Like if they gave him like a cool death, I I, I would be open to that. Like oh if, no, Jamoya. but. I, Oh no, it's gonna be Han Solo. <laughs> oh, no. I was okay with that choice too, uh, yeah. but I I, th I think it would be cool like if if like they rescue him, but like he does like something cool to like help them, and then I I mean I love like the heroic self sacrifices or whatever. But yeah, I'd be open. Someone's gonna die soon. I, I keep saying it. I don't you know who it's so? gonna be, but well, yeah, I was because I feel like I, think. I, I don't know. I, it seems so like I think it's gonna be the diviner. Jane Janeway, I, I feel like that's a more likely scenario. Janeway's been working her arc. If you look at it just from her point of view. Uh, has been to to rescue him, and it'd be it'd be quite the downer if that was not a, at least accomplished. Mm. Uh, so I, I think he mm -hmm. will get rescued, uh, and I think he's going to survive it. 
And I think he's going to get some cool scenes. Not because I'm, I really don't want Jakote to die. Story really has. <laughs> I don't think he's going to die. I think maybe if this wasn't a kid show, I could see it happening. I think that is too much of a downer for a show that is for kids. Yeah. I think they're going to want to show a broad success. in another season or so, but I feel like that's too dark for the... Uh, end of the first season of this show. Yeah, Murph these will things, die. They always get darker. They all, they they <laughs> oh, start God. they start off more fun, and then like they 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 get more dark and more serious as they go along. Mm-hmm. He needs to continue his journey in the Delta Quadrant to find his personality. <laughs> <laughs> then they a, good, a good writer can make it all happen. So the yeah. fingers crossed. I guess I might have would have liked more i i love you know we get the reference to uh the the sister phoebe and uh you know janeway like growing up with dogs and stuff but yeah with like the whole story like mm-hmm. remember what dad said when i spilled phoebe's paint on the floor but blamed it on the dog and, <laughs> and the answer is like come on kate make something great out of that mess and, like i don't know if that's particularly believable that like a parent would say that to a kid who spilled paint all over the floor <laughs> it's the future when everybody's chill yeah this he's uh the dad was like the cool teacher the cool hippie teacher <laughs> oh, was, was her dad a stoner was he just like baked out of his mind was like i don't care that there's paint on the floor i think it's groovy you can make some cool art out of that yeah make some magic <laughs> if i remember correctly in like the like autobiography oh my god i can't the, say that right the now. janeway autobiography. autobiography autobiography i was trying to say autobi say that and like autobiographical at the same yeah, time that happens. and it wasn't working eh, close enough um anyways and that her mom was an artist oh and her dad's like a Starfleet officer, but so I was like, oh, maybe like he's married to an artist. They have nano things that clean up the floor. Anyway, yeah. Also, I'm sure. the, also the Roombas are real advanced now. Yeah. They can exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have those exo complicating Roombas on the Proto Star. So. Roomba is that's Phoebe actually the Roomba. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's an exo comp and also paints when it's not busy working uh, cleaning the floor. There you go. Our audience is pretty sure uh, Diviner is going, uh, going to do some sort of heroic self-sacrifice, which I think would be a could be a pretty satisfying arc, and seems to be where they're headed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if he will like literally die, or you know, just experience some figurative uh, like uh, bad bad thing will happen to him, or that, but that maybe isn't death. I wonder if they get reset back into their original timeline or something somehow. Like um, none of this happened for them or something. Uh, maybe so. When would be the problem? Jill thinks Ascensi is going to get taken out too. Yeah, say. I mean, I, th- I think the Diviner is probably the most likely to die. I would say like a hollow Janeway and I don't know who else might be a contender. Let's go with Jankum Pog. He might have overstayed his welcome. <laughs> <laughs> why, why do we think, really? ho- Father, are you serious about hollow Janeway though? No way. Yeah, just because there's, there's two of them because there's two Janeways and that's the more Yeah, but like one. like one of them is going to stick around on the ship and be stay as the den mother to those kids for a while mm-hmm. and you know one of them is going to go off and have her normal Janeway adventures yeah I mean like um, there's a place for both of them I'm just yeah, yeah. Nah, Janeway's Janeway ain't going nowhere hollow Janeway yeah I could see them wanting to like have like Admiral Janeway be more reoccurring and maybe leave it open that like Kate Mulgrew could go play Janeway and other things and not have it be like wait is this during Prodigy is she hanging out with these kids yeah. well it, I guess it depends on what they decide to do after the uh, Picard season three reaction. Mm-hmm. They seem to be waiting on before they green light any more shows. I know that there's a, a big push for Terry Metalis wants to do a live action show set after Picard season three that I they've they said that they, they've talked to Kate Mulgrew. Alex Kurtzman has said like, yes, we've had conversations. Kate Mulgrew said, yes, we've had conversations about live action Janeway. I think she would make a great, you know, every show has to have like that recurring admiral. 
uh, like your Admiral mm-hmm. Forrest from Enterprise, basically. Uh, they, they like putting an Admiral Forrest type on all these shows. I think Janeway would be like a great like recurring Admiral for a, a post-Picard Star Trek show. The first time an Admiral would show up and me, I wouldn't be just like, no, don't trust them. <laughs> like, you trust you trust uh, Bob April on, on Strange New Worlds, don't you? This is true. But also not technically not the first time. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, originally on the animated series, or he's uh, a Commodore, so we know he's going to do something bad at some point and get demoted, and also turned into an old white dude. But <laughs> No, there's more of my joke about, ha- like, halfway through Discovery Season 3, I was still convinced that Admiral Vance was going to be evil. Yeah, there, there, there was definitely, I think, reason for suspicion around that. You know, just, even if it's only based in their own tropes that they've built up over the decades. Yeah. To be fair, I know what show I'm watching. <laughs> Sometimes Discovery is also just, it's like, drama! <laughs> you know, it's its big. Mm-hmm. Big things happen. Yeah. Big betrayals. Actually, I do agree with Joel in the comments that the Andy Dick EMH should go instead. <laughs> well, uh, before we talk about the uh, the plan to swap them back to the correct body, does anyone have anything else on uh, on Admiral Dal? I think when she was talking with Gwen about Dal and him not being able to join Starfleet, probably because of being a oh right an augment. But the way he spoke about it, it was like it felt like you were watching another actor talk about mm-hmm. Dal. I mean, yeah. the actual yeah. actor doing it. Oh yeah, that's great. Like I didn't even it it felt so authentic that like i didn't even notice that but yeah it yeah it, yeah it, it was so you're like oh wait he's talking about himself yeah really. it, it, yeah it was like someone talking about themselves but it felt so not like that that it, I, I didn't even pick up on it till now that's crazy so does the ban on augments get rescinded that that we know is the ban on augments rescinded at some point no not I don't that think we so. know of. Bashir, uh, the only thing I can think of is Bashir gets like an They exception. made an exception for Bashir. We don't okay. know what happened to Una in Strange New Worlds yet. So, mm-hmm. although it is possible, you know, Dal could get some sort of exception thing, I think the more likely scenario is that these kids are not going to... They're gonna, or Maybe they're going to get some special dispensation or whatever, but they... They're probably they're not going to go and be in like in the Alpha Quadrant doing stuff. They are still going to. We know the show. We'll probably will find some way to keep them on their own, and therefore probably not. I'm not, I'm not, not sure how. I'm not sure about that. I I think eventually they will be kind of just folded. I I think this might become like a Starfleet Academy show at some point. Mm, interesting. Because I keep wanting that, so I'm like, sure. Oh, uh, that'd be pretty. Here. That'd be like... pretty fun to see. Yeah, like a season. You know, the same way the Good Place would change up their pr- premise yeah. on a on a per yeah. season basis. Sometimes even mid season. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see these kids in a school format. I don't know if that's going to be like the finale of the show, or if that'll if we'll actually like get to see it. Like, I think it'd be out, cool but... if they surprised us and did it. As a, as a as a whole as a season or as a mid season change up or something like that mm-hmm. maybe because like you know like I know that they probably want to do their dedicated Starfleet Academy show but you know if they spent half a season or you know or more of, of showing them you know it could in be school. a transition to a, a another Starfleet show or to a Star Trek show for they could yeah. yeah they could do it as a spinoff even the school format I think will not quite. It's it's not the series they've built. The series they've built is going to mm-hmm. need exploration and big big things happening. And a school format would kind of make everything I think feel a little smaller. To you know, I wonder if is there an equivalent of Starfleet Academy of like a GED? Like we've proven that you're <laughs> yeah, right. out there and you know yeah. what you're doing. So we're just going to make you a cadet. Go over you don't there. have to have a high school diploma to enter Starfleet Academy. Nog proved that. So yeah. <laughs> He didn't go to enough school to learn how to read. Like, Jake had to teach him how to read. That's true. 
I'm sure Dal will be in Starfleet at some point. Yeah. For sure. And I don't see them waiting till the end of the series or anything for that. That would be no. too much of a delayed gratification for the younger audience that they want. They're going to need, mm-hmm. they at least want to see some, probably that come to fruition sometime relatively um, quick. I saw a theory on uh, a friend of mine on Twitter. And listen, the theory is just like, it would be really cool that if they like, I would assume like next season's going to deal with Dal being like, uh, what do you mean? I can't be in Starfleet. That's messed up. Yeah. Is that maybe uh, have like Bashir or one of like the um, augments from like later in Deep Space Nine, like like have that storyline like come into that? Uh, yeah, Dave, you're about to meet them in in DS Nine season six. Some more augments in DS Nine okay. season six. Cool, right on. <laughs> Bring it. And they sing and dance. <laughs> Well, speaking of singing and dancing, I guess we should talk about like the the plan they come up with. How to they need they need physical contact. Uh, that's how proto organian telepathy worked. So they have to physically perform. <laughs> they 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 have to play a, a game of charades, old Earth custom, <laughs> to explain the plan to Dal, who picked up on it pretty fast. Like I thought he uh, he picked up on yeah, like these uh, these super fast. I think the writers wisely realized that the fun of that scene was watching charades, not watching him try to figure out what they were doing. Yes. And so they just, they just boom, let's move to it. Mm-hmm. So let's have him pick up on it. Quite. Yeah, they, they did great. He's augmented. He's smart. One of, one of my, <laughs> my biggest belly laughs was when Dow, you know, figures it out. He does like the, like the celebration thing where he's dancing around and then there's all these Starfleet officers <laughs> watching that, which, and like trying to, the, the failed attempt to, to play it off. Like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just keeping the body in tip top shape, which, that made me laugh even more because that's what that's what Adam West Batman says in a uh, Batman the the movie from the the sixties when yeah when Batman and Robin's helicopter crashes on their way to go rescue the United Nations that's that's actually in the movie and they're like oh no the the UN buildings on the other side of Gotham City what are we gonna do Batman and and Adam West is like well good thing we keep our bodies in tip top shape and then they they <laughs> run across a, a green screen of like downtown L A <laughs> footage in the background. <laughs> Also, when when he's stretching, he's like, "Ow!" You could hear just like, oh, <laughs> "Yeah, oh yeah." Janeway's oh, body was not ready for teenage kid shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm used to being a 17 year old boy, not a 50 uh, year old woman. Yeah. <laughs> Oof, that would be that would be a rough body swap. Yeah. <laughs> they they did have that 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 moment that we talked about with with the crew, not Dow. We don't see Dow's reaction, but we see Gwen and I guess the rest of the kids learn about Dow's fate of the the ban on augments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, that that was kind of cutting back and forth between that and then another cool character beat with with Dao and Janeway's body of the the diviner, you know. Not, we, I don't think this really caught any of us off guard. We were kind of waiting for something like this to happen. Sure. But, which just means they yeah. were building up to something organic. But yeah, he, he yeah. spares Janeway. And he, he, he tells, you know, who he thinks is Janeway, but he, he tells her, uh, you know, look, I'm still going to do my plan and try to destroy the Federation, but I'm sparing you in case that it doesn't work in case in case I lose to y'all and I die. Like, I, I can tell you're a good person and I hope that you can take care of my daughter. I don't know that maybe he's just still a little bit out of it that he didn't get like, yeah, I love Gwen, too. And he's not like, do you know her? Yeah, that was I really liked that line. Yeah. Because like it was mm-hmm. it was a very yeah. uh, dull thing to say. I'd do anything yeah. for Gwen, too, is what he said. But I was like. Does he think Janeway knows her? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we know he's broadly still kind of on the disoriented side of things, I guess. Yeah, that's right. He was kind of assuming. (laughs) Well, he he seemed kind of perplexed when he heard that. So I think it it worked. 
He just phasers her right away. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Something's yeah. going on. But also, like, the real Janeway does know about Gwen. Like, she had, like, the, yeah, the rap sheet on them, when, uh, like, the wanted poster or whatever. That, that's actually, when he karate chopped her, it was because, like, she was coming down there to question him, like, hey, I got this information on, on these kids on the Protostar. Uh, oh, no, 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 they've actually They've had conversations about Gwen. He told her, like, way back. He's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that one. That, that one's my daughter. So... Yeah. So I he he knows that she knows who Gwen, I think the thing that confused them was like, "Oh, why are you so loyal to my kid? You know, you said I'd do anything for Gwen too." Like that that seems a bit weird, but cool, I guess. Wasn't it just an episode or two back when he was explaining things to um Essentia where he said uh they're like, uh, you know, like, "Oh, why did Gwen betray, betray you?" And he's like, "She met a boy." Mm-hmm. Uh, little does he know he is <laughs> currently talking to that boy. Yeah, so, so that, that that makes it even stranger. Yeah, and you know, like from Dal's perspective, Dal, you know, waking up strapped to this this medical bed, and and then seeing the like Diviner. basically your your slave owner like standing in front of you. Bad. It's a it's a bad sitch. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was funny that Dal went to the wrong airlock on the Dauntless. It was like, oh, I'm on the wrong end of the ship now. I have to crawl across this entire ship because otherwise, <laughs> that little visual gag of of the admiral climbing uh, uh <laughs> in front of like it looked like like a camera like yeah. for the mm-hmm. view screen but sure. otherwise like people would probably be like oh why didn't this idiot just go to the front of the ship and go out one of the airlocks there and it's like well you know they actually uh, hang a lantern on that it's like because because he do- he doesn't know his way around the dauntless very well and he went out the wrong yeah. airlock so there you go who would i mean that's kind of yeah if you've never served on that ship or been on there there'd be no reason for you to know where it was <laughs> right they you know that what's setting up their sort of solution to this scene was i thought a kind of a neat reveal that like physical contact is important but it's like if you can kind of create a circuit of like i guess energy that will do too yeah um and that that was what was the problem in the first place i guess yeah that caused the glitch and it it works in star trek it's like okay we need we need a situation that doesn't feel too contrived of why could they body swap during this high high speed pursuit and then Mm -hmm. and then immediately lose that ability to body swap until the end of the episode when they get it back so I i felt like the solution worked Oh, I did too. Well, yeah, and also like it, it created uh, it created a good drama. It mm-hmm. allowed for a solution in which you you win by uh, phasering your friend. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that's good stuff. The, the funnest solution. That's good stuff. <laughs> the, it was it was well executed. The uh, the like the scene of like using Murph as a bungee cord. That was a neat visual. He's basically yeah. like <laughs> that was a great Mister Fantastic or or a Plastic Man or Elastic Man or uh, one of the, <laughs> one of those types now. Oh, what a stretchy when, hero, Stretch Armstrong. When uh, you're inside a warp bubble, I guess it's essentially an area of kind of calm. There's like it's not like the equivalent of like stepping outside of like a a jet airplane and clinging to that, even though you're going so much faster than that. That, that broadly it seemed calm you know again this is this is star trek physics stuff which is is not my specialty has, has this been established before that it's relatively calm inside a warp bubble yeah yeah I, I think that as long as you're within the 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 warp bubble or the warp field i, I think you're probably okay yeah starfleet boy is saying in the comments and this is this is kind of how i understood it is like space is moving around the bubble essentially yeah, so, like, so basically what what warp drive does according to the technical manuals is that it will warp space in front of you to where it expands and then warp the space behind you to where it contracts so that you you go forward you just blew my mind 
That sounds like something that Janeway's uh, stoner dad would have said. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zephram Cochran's the one who figured it out. So uh -huh. now, now oh, we yeah. know what he was smoking up in Montana. Yeah, that, that actually kind of works. Uh, <laughs> it kind of does. <laughs> uh, we get that like the tease when they're about to like touch hands. It reminded me of the uh, the Star Trek Discovery opening credits. You know how there's like there's like that shot of like the the two hands reaching out to each other in the in the disco opening oh, credits. Oh yeah, and they're even in like environmental suits like this. So I was like, oh yeah, it's like I'm watching Star Trek Discovery. And then Janeway gets yanked away by the, or not Janeway, but Dal and Janeway's body gets yanked away by the tractor beam. In the Discovery opening, the hands sort of dissolve away into ethereal dust. Yeah, very, uh, they uh, don't get to touch either. Very melancholy. Yeah, no creation of man uh, pew pew uh, for them. <laughs> but that's all right. We can fa we can phaser bond. <laughs> phaser bond, yeah, it worked. Yeah. Uh, you know, it might sting a little. I, I like that. Uh, the the irony of that is like Janeway being the one to make the choice to shoot her own body, and then she has to like wake up in the body and deal with like the the phaser hangover. Speaking of <laughs> yeah. Zephram Cochran, that was a thing that, that he talked about, like when he got when he got stunned by the phaser. He's like, I'm either like really hungover, or it's like mm -hmm. your phaser. So it's like, yeah, uh, not a great feeling when you get stunned. Yeah, good job with all the other things, Janeway. But uh, yeah, you're gonna hurt. Well, let's talk about our ending. We have uh, we have Dal back on the the Proto Star. I love when he's like he's like hugging Murph. He's like so happy to be back and so relieved. And Murph is like, okay, I get it. Mm -hmm. Get off of me. <laughs> <laughs> Teenage Murph is starting to be like uh, like okay, okay, yeah, enough with it. He definitely, he definitely does feel like he's growing up. You know, he's he's like he's always getting involved in like whatever whatever action is going on. He's always like participating with the other kids. Yeah, yeah. I guess he has he has more agency. So we get like twin cliffhangers here, though. Yeah, they come out in Federation space, and their Federation is ready for him. Yeah. Star, you know, Starfleet's ready for him. <laughs> yeah, Tysus, uh, Tysus alerted uh, Starfleet in one of the earlier scenes. He's like, "Oh, we know their vector. We know where they're going." I'll I'll tell Starfleet to send some ships there. Now that was Asensia's idea mm -hmm. to get him to do that. And it was also her idea to merge the warp bubbles. So Yeah. Yeah, to get as many Starfleet ships that infected right. as possible. Yeah, so yeah. she's she's being a pretty clever villain. Yeah, good job, uh good job, Vindicator. Or yeah, yeah or a hero from her her perspective. Yeah, villain's to, villain's yeah. gonna villain fathery, yeah. like you said. And uh, uh, yeah, of course, Dave, you were talking about the the double cliffhanger. We have uh, the on the Dauntless Janeway waking up locked away in the brig. Now, if I know Janeway, she can get out of a brig. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How how do you convince everyone you're back to normal in that situation? I guess like tell the doctor, like scan my brain. You'll see like those weird abnormalities are gone. But I'm I'm sure she can talk her way out of there. But yeah, she's definitely going to be occupied while these kids yeah. are well, facing she might, she might have like an engineering type solution she might figure out a no no something she could do to oh, bypass it she could make giver her way out of there and just like go, I mean. go rogue yeah yeah that'd be neat i'd be down for that yeah she was a cool. science officer you know before she was a captain she was a yeah, science officer for sure I, yeah i like that moment when she mm -hmm. told rock talk yeah you're gonna make a fine office uh, yeah. a fine science officer that was so cool. so heartwarming yeah. that was really nice yeah rock, uh, like rock talk clearly I, I think you know lacking a parental figure other than hollow mm -hmm. janeway just was like able to immediately take to uh the, the real janeway yeah and i would and, like um, more I of that rock talk being i guess besides murph being the like the youngest mm -hmm. of them really obviously craves the parental like mm -hmm. maternal figure for sure for sure and i guess because we saw her backstory recently it's obviously it's kind of something like she had with the hero yeah that That's was like, true probably the closest oh, yeah. thing she had to a parent until she got on the proto star mm -hmm. we don't know how Bracars reproduce i assume it's like a standard uh you know biological being like two parents yeah. make a baby type thing 
but yeah, we don't we don't know like uh, who I guess birthed her, but as far as we know, she's just been like on her own, other than the the hero. That's a that's a season two mystery. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd I'd be curious to see more of a well any of these people. I want to meet I want to meet all their parents. I I have questions for their parents. Yeah. Mostly, how did they end up here? I mean, <laughs> Jankum's parents I'm sure are, are dead because that was a uh, at least yeah, two hundred oh, years earlier. Well, then they also he called himself an orphan. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, I guess they're they're definitely dead. like they they were dead even back then. Oh, they could have uh, they could have just left him on a doorstep or something. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's true. Left him on a doorstep. And like maybe they'll send him into outer space. Yeah. Well, I guess Dow doesn't have parents. He has uh, scientists in a lab that are protégés of of one of the Sooms. Still want to know why he was just allowed to wander around space? Yeah. Yeah. How did how did he get to Tars Lamora? Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll meet Murph's parents. Maybe we'll meet some uh, slime worm parents at some point. <laughs> and we don't know quite what Zeros. I guess. Yeah. I don't even know if if Medusans have parents in that traditional sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we saw Zero get like kidnapped, so it's like okay, that's how Zero ended up here. For sure. Yeah. Is, is Zero considered like an adult? Was that like an adult crew of explorers? I was just gonna ask you that. Yeah. It's like I is he really know. a kid? <laughs> I don't know that Zero is. Maybe. I think. I think Zero is is probably young by Medusan standards, just based right. on like mm-hmm. how curious they were. You know, like studying that that little grasshopper thing before. It but got maybe eight. just young, like Chekhov was young for Starfleet standards. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe like maybe compare like maybe Zero's equivalent of like a Wesley an older teenager. Yeah. Yeah. They're only two thousand years old instead of, you know, like eighty thousand years old or something yeah. like that. But yeah, I'm I'm very, very eager to see the finale. I want to know what happens next with all of these ships. I don't know if we'll get it. They might not have time for it, but it's possible that like they might like name drop a ship that we know. Like they might mention like, oh mm-hmm. look, uh the, the Cerritos is coming to help out. Or like, oh, there's the Enterprise, or you know, who knows? That, that's always possible. I would love it would be the Cerritos. That would be for the Titans. They're gonna have a crossover, right? Or no, wait, or or is that a live no, action? That's Strange New Worlds. Strange yes. New Worlds. That's yes. right. Lord X and Strange yeah. New Worlds. Yeah. But but there's clearly the 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 different groups are talking to each other, and that'd be that'd be yeah. dope mm-hmm. if the Cerritos was might, somehow there. Might be Jonathan Frakes on the Titan. I could see that. So might might not happen, but I'm just saying it's it's possible. We need the equivalent of Crisis on Infinite Earths, where we just have one special where everybody gets together. One thousandth episode. I want it. Oh yeah, in a few years. The, the weapon is going to, in some way, be released or partially released, so that there's going to be some big crazy ship chaos. If we're going to speculate. I think that will be mm. teased. I think it'll like start happening. It'll be like, oh, so it's too. starting to infect the ships, but then right, and they'll they'll, they'll be like, it. oh, we can maybe like figure out a way to counter it, but there's like, yeah, there's like twenty ships out there, or thirty ships, or however many some percentage of them that are that are going rogue and it happened very quickly in picard when you saw the borg take over all those ships and they like couldn't shut the, the yeah. systems down or something so i'm assuming it's going to be as probably effective as that yeah that means it's time to give that command to self-destruct <laughs> kids got to learn that too someday the new the next generation of trek viewers they got to see these kids ready to blow their ship up <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they'll be like oh there's no consequence because they just got like a proto star a <laughs> <laughs> So there's there's no consequence in Star Trek when you blow your ship up. They just give you another one and just put a different letter on the end of it. It's it makes you feel this sad though. <laughs> it, after after Star Trek, come Beyond, on, that's a great uh, moment in Star Trek three. After Star, it is. But after after Star Trek Beyond, I'm I'm ready to to, to retire that trope. I like don't it, don't, it, don't it is don't absolutely do it time to to put the brakes on that one. Yeah. I'll allow for it in alternate universes and other stuff because it is kind of cool. But 
<laughs> Any anything else on this on this last episode or predictions? Any y'all want to make for the for the two part finale? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and put my money down on even if it's a bit of a long shot on the kids becoming uh, friendly with the diviner and stuff like that and ending up uh, probably some self sacrifice on his part. Uh, some some cool action on Chakotay's part, and the kids ending up stranded in the future, and that's how the, they they get access. They have to keep uh, keep the ship, um, but they can't um, they can't just go join Starfleet. Although I don't know why they wouldn't be able to do that in the future either. But anyway, I'm gonna guess they get stuck in the future. I think we might think that the Vindicator is dead, but then just see her floating in a ship or something away, and like I don't know, just like in a pod or mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Or would or would just like Dreadnought survive? Yeah. Or that could be. Although I don't know how, like, you know, is Dreadnought, are all those units essentially servitors, you know, where, you know, if the if the plan is lost, they'll just kind of go, I don't know, they'll shut down or they'll go try and find <laughs> someone else to serve. Or do they, have, would they, would Dreadnought have the drive to ki- to carry on? Hang out with Peanut Hamper. <laughs> yeah, all the, all the evil AIs are, are getting together on, on Lower Decks. Uh, but I don't know. I was kind of frustrated the first time I watched this episode, by the way, because I'm like, where is Dreadnought? Why isn't he, like doing something but then when i rewatched it i was like oh essentia told or the vindicator told him like go delete all the evidence of all these events and i was like oh he's busy like covering their tracks i i love that they put that little line of dialogue in there just to explain his absence so all this all the shenanigans can happen loved that i think i said this before i think the diviner is sacrificed is going to be sacrificed in some way either dying or i kind of think the diviner might end up like br- like bringing the construct into the future somehow, and so the diviner ends up with Chakotay, mm-hmm. and I don't like maybe other characters, and I feel like we'll see Chakotay in the finale, but I don't know that he'll he's necessarily going to be back in his the correct timeline. Yeah, I I think that the the next episode will be like a lot of uh, cool like ship battle stuff, like dealing with the ships, mm-hmm. trying to trying to two episodes left though. Yeah. Yeah, and then okay. the yeah, there's Supernova Part One, then Supernova Part Two. I think the episode next week will feature some cool ship on ship action, and you know, trying to trying to stop the the living construct from all ship from on ship dis- action destroying the the fleet. If, why is that so funny to y'all? It what sounds like a porn term, fathering. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but I, I don't know. Like ships fighting other ships, like I know. It's That's just not a phrase. what you said. It's a turn we of phrase. Know what, we know what you meant. That's, young nubile ships like... <laughs> <laughs> but anyways <They're> sleek nacelles <laughs> yeah yeah there's some sexy ships out there sure <laughs> hey they call they call it ship porn for a reason yeah yeah i'm a i'm a proud enjoyer of ship porn uh, <laughs> but the week after next week when we get into the the final finale episode supernova part two i think that'll be when they go to the future to save chakotay <laughs> we'll find mm-hmm. out but with all of that out of the way, uh, we should talk about the the Gorn eggs of this episode. Yep. Those are the Easter eggs in jokes and continuity connections I thought were worth mentioning. Starting off, the warp bubble merge maneuver. That was done in Star Trek previously in the Star Trek Enterprise episode, Divergence. That's how they got Trip back on the Enterprise from the Columbia. They had to uh, move him from ship to ship during a, a high warp traversal. So it was it was cool. They they merged their warp bubbles. They had like a little cable connecting the ships, and they, they slid him down the cable. It's a very uh, cool spectacle back in 2005 when that first aired. Looks pretty cool. The uh, proto-organian telepathy. We 
first got the Organians in Star Trek way back in Errand of Mercy, the first Klingon episode. Pretty pretty iconic uh, episode. Uh, but their telepathy and as far as like, you know, possessing other bodies and stuff like that, that was set up in Star Trek Enterprise as well in the episode Observer Effect, where they possess members of the Enterprise crew to observe humanity. Uh, when Janeway wakes up in Dal's body and introduces herself, to the Protostar kids, it plays a little bit of the uh, Voyager theme. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't notice that. I usually do pick up on music cues, but I, I didn't actually catch that. Yeah, that's cool. Th- they they did that here, but made me think that the show's composer uh, Nami uh, Malumed or Malamed. Sorry if I'm getting your name wrong, but she must have like gotten this episode to score of Strange New Worlds, where she's like, "Oh, I got to come up with some music for like a body swap episode of you know Spock and T'Pring in each other's bodies." Mm-hmm. Then she like gets like the rough cut of this episode or whatever, and she's like, "Oh, I got to come up with some music for <laughs> almost the exact same thing I did six months ago." But okay, she did she did a great job in in both instances. I love the music on both shows, but just just kind of mm-hmm. funny to think about uh, when Essencia and Tysus are talking about the Proto Stars' apparent destination. They mentioned the star Gamma uh, Serpentis, which Tysa says it's near the heart of the Federation. That's actually a real-life star in real life. Uh, it appears in uh, Jeff Mandel's star charts that he did. Um, I actually I was like flipping through my star charts trying to find it, and it's like there are too many stars <laughs> around here. I'm not, I've, I, I can't find it, but uh, yeah, I think that, I think it's cool. They use it's that. arguably a near infinite number of them. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I heard Serpentor the first time I heard it. <laughs> Back of my, I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> we talked earlier about Janeway mentioning her sister Phoebe and how that came out of some of the Star Trek Voyager novels. But yeah, that was originally cre- that character was originally created for the novel Tapest, not Tapestry. What was that? Mosaic, 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 which that's was written by Jerry Taylor. And uh, a lot of a lot of people consider that like their official headcanon for Janeway's early days. Uh, I don't because it seems like it might be canon. <laughs> it's it's well it's, it's it is contradicted by uh, a few things, but uh, yeah, for the most, I mean, like it was the at one point Voyager showrunner uh, saying like this is the this is the backstory of Janeway. So she also contradicts herself where in, when they're back in 1996 LA, she's like, I have no idea what my ancestors were doing, and then like a season later, it's like let me tell you this entire story about my ancestors <laughs> well, at exactly the same time. That's uh, that's how much uh, effort they put in the continuity on Voyager, but yeah. <laughs> But speaking of speaking of Voyager references, uh, yes, Janeway Asdell does talk about threshold and talks about uh, being a salamander at one point in time. What does she say? She's like, she's like, I've seen a lot. I've been a salamander or something like, like she's yeah. basically like, this is like, you can't throw me. I love that she mentions becoming a salamander. Does not mention her children. Yeah, she doesn't <laughs> talk about the part of like, oh yeah, and my. Uh, Helmsman Tom Paris was also a salamander, and we had a bunch of salamander babies that we left in the Delta Quadrant. And we just left. The them. kids aren't ready for that lesson yet. <laughs> yeah, my my retcon or not retcon, my head canon of this is that they're these super evolved human species in the future. You d- they don't need parents. They're just they're ready. They didn't <laughs> leave them. They just like we had them, and now we're off. They're, they can take care of themselves. They don't need us to go to college. And, you know, they can... <laughs> Eventually, I'm going to need a novel about uh, Janeway and Paris's salamander broodlings. Well, uh, Mike Mike McMahon has said that they're going to show up in Lower Decks at some point. I don't know if he was serious <laughs> when he said that, but I, I think he might have been. So, God, what if they find them like on some other like horrible work planet where they steal <laughs> <No>. orphans? 
<laughs> I think they're just dumb lizards. I think I think they're just like stupid animals, and they're they're fine. They'll just like live their life on that planet and then die. I can't believe you called animals stupid, fathery. <laughs> uh, I loved that uh, that fleet that we get at the end. There were some uh, classic Berman era designs in there. Uh, there was uh, mm-hmm. sovereign class ships. Like the Enterprise E, there were Centaur class ships, like the uh, the the Centaur in uh, DS Nine Season Six. There was some uh, Akira class, in, like in First Contact in DS Nine, and then some Defiant class ships. Uh, so very very happy with all of those, and that'll do it for the uh, the Gorn eggs. But I would love to hear what people thought about this episode. Uh, did everyone like it as much as we did? Did you not like it? Did the comedy not work for you? Uh, please uh, please tell us what was your what was the funniest moment. Uh, you can. Reply to my tweets on Twitter. Well, maybe. Well, uh, we're having some issues with Twitter at the moment, but you, you can uh, comment on YouTube or talk to us in the TextRec Discord server or on the TextRec Facebook page. But yeah, we would love to share some of your responses next week. Uh, Dave has some subspace transmissions we've received on last week's episode, although... You can change your deflector dish's tachyon pulse so you can communicate with them. <laughs> well, it does It does seem like uh, that might be necessary. I think that's where you're that. headed, fathery. Yeah, so I, I learned the hard way not to put a link to my Mastodon account in my display name on Twitter, uh, because I did that, and I was like, why is no one replying to uh, my, my tweet asking about prodigy and it's like yeah we didn't get any replies because i'm pretty confident uh elon musk's uh, algorithms suppressed my my tweets because i had mastodon in my display name so. that is what i've been reading wow. is is that the mastodon stuff Fine. is specifically being cited as like uh, like under some sort of as if it was like a dangerous link or something like yeah. that <laughs> like it's automatically screening it anyway yes. and then after i took that after i took that out of my display name i was like oh all of a sudden like i'm getting more replies to my tweets so uh yeah. Fun. Well, so so for last week's subspace transmissions, I'm just gonna uh, I've got one or two uh, some tweets that were actually unrelated. Or, well, well, that were related, I should say, to our uh, us getting a thousand subscribers. But uh, I will briefly just uh, mention have uh, opinions no one cares about <laughs> over on uh, YouTube. That is that is the screen name. It's not our judgment. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had, had had one or two comments on Ghost in the Machine. Uh, one, uh, this I thought this was a reasonable, practical one. Just the kind of thing we ask sometimes. Uh, said they really should have considered firing the phasers off to the side and nowhere near the Dauntless. Might have been a good idea. Sometimes I, I think, you know, the show just does big things. Uh, opinions no one cares about. Also mentioned, I really, it was said, ooh, I really want to see Murph face off against Dreadnought now. Yeah. And I do think that would be a cool first security test, a real test. I'd love to see that. See Dreadnought being like, what did it, what did he turn into? I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's indestructible. They both transform. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he's indestructible, so he's going to be safe. And because Dreadnought is a robot, you can, even though it's on Nickelodeon, you can beat the shit. You could rip his head off. You can oh, just, yeah. like, <laughs> rip his arm off and beat him with it. You can do it. You can be as mean and violent as you want to to a robot. As long as that robot doesn't have Brent Spiner's face. <laughs> That's right. Didn't, didn't that little Cation uh, prisoner, uh, like, like behead other Dreadnought or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. She popped her claws oh, yeah. and sliced his head off like she was Wolverine or something. <laughs> yeah yeah those cations all right and then i just want a quick um because we did we did hit our uh thousand before uh before 2023 rolled around yay thanks again everybody uh we had a few comments on that uh starfleet boy our own starfleet boy says yes we did it i volunteer as a backup vocalist so just something to keep in mind fathery um geek filter 
was looking out for you and which said, is, which if is you, Aaron. Yes, and <laughs> said, if you want me to unsubscribe and save you, I will. <laughs> uh, as that was very kind of you. Uh, and then other Aaron, Aaron J. Waltke, uh, the producer the, of the, the uh, good Aaron, as he as he good, proclaims himself Aaron. to be. Yes, uh, of, uh, that's, of, his, that's of his Twitter handle. That's that's absolutely true. Uh, of but uh, yes, he of Star Trek Prodigy uh, says, "What if you do a cover that is great and everyone is won over by it, including you?" I've got faith. <laughs> so, uh, so father, lots of no pressure, no pressure. Yeah, we'll we'll have to do that. I'm. I don't know. I don't. Maybe maybe I should save that for the Prodigy season finale, and that that's also like our last yeah. uh, our last show of the year. I think that might be appropriate, right? Yep. That would work. So, yep. yeah, unless, so, gonna, so... unless we do some little New Year's Eve special or something like that. One thing I did forget really quick related to Aaron Waltke and this episode. He mentioned that when they had all the ships at the end, that this was before – it was rendered before they started partnering with Star Trek Online. Otherwise, they might have had more ships. Oh. They said just just getting those yeah. ships in were like was like a huge battle to, to get that many. Mm. So where was, was it was on? It was on Strange New Worlds that they unveiled all those Star Trek online ships, right? Or was it, it Picard? It was, uh, it was, it was Picard. Picard, Picard season two. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. That's right. Because that was their apology the... for the copy paste right. fleet at the end of season one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Again, but, I will but, defend the copy paste like fleet about having to be done during the pandemic. For sure, uh, as a, a uh, on a practical level, I get yeah. it. No. Sometimes you gotta. <laughs> Sometimes you need it fast. Not literally building the ships together. (laughs) That could have very easily been fixed. But I guess that comment, what you were saying, Aaron, though, does speak, suggest that when we see more ships in the future of uh, Prodigy, we will probably Mm -hmm. see more variety. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So another exciting thing to uh, to look forward to. But yeah, I'm I'm dying to talk about these uh, remaining two episodes whenever we get the chance to to see them and talk about them in in the coming couple of weeks. Uh, supernova parts one and two so be sure to come back for that we'll be live at our usual weekly time of 7 p.m central on uh fridays and then you can always listen to us later wherever you get your podcast and until next time as always live long and prosper y'all listen to the text trek podcast through apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify or at text-trek.com like us on facebook at facebook.com slash text-trek and follow fathery on twitter at txtrek Please support us by liking our videos and subscribing to our channel on YouTube. Thank you and take care.